At Our Father's House, our prayer is that you will be blessed and strengthened by the power of Jesus Christ. We would like to thank you for joining us today as we study God's Word. Now let's join Blake Ramey. I said, we're not getting beheaded and stuff like that over in America. Shame on us for sitting in our pews when we, when we claim to be a believer. I hope I say some stuff that some of y'all don't want to come back, like even though you've been coming here your whole life. I hope I say something that's going to shake you up. I'm serious. If you're just sitting there in worship, I want to encourage you. You might need to spend a little bit more time in the secret place. As I just read in 1 Corinthians, I was talking about that verse really tells us why we should live as the temple. You're not your own. It's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives within me. Amen. How many can agree that no matter the, uh, I'll use this for example, the three Hebrew boys. How many can say that when we go through the fire, no matter the circumstance and stuff like that, we need Jesus to come to the surface? Sometimes we need Jesus to get to the surface in situations, no, mo no matter what they may be. Oftentimes we let our flesh get in the way. But we got to understand something as Christians. We are no longer living for our desires. Your pursuit should be after the heart of the Father who loves you. We love him because he first loved us. This is what the temple is being about. It's about pursuing the heart of our heavenly father who has a dream for you and your generation. First Peter 1, 18 through 19 says that we were bought with the precious blood of Christ without blemish and without spot. Amen. So how many can agree that we should live as the temple and we should live for God because there's been a price paid for us? And we already belong to Christ because he's died, with, died for us while we were still sinners. While we were still living in sin, he still died for us. So all of us belong to Jesus Christ, but it's up to us to step into that sonship. It's up to us to step into that relationship with our Father in heaven. And as I was saying, this life is not our own. It is time for the church to lay down our selfish desires. It's time for the church to lay aside our agenda, our program. What is the heart of the Father saying? What is the heart of the Father saying at this hour for this generation? We don't need another blessing because God's blessed us enough. We need a shaking. The church needs a shaking. We need something that's going to tear us down. We need something that's going to break us. When is the last time that you weeped over a lost soul? It's sad that oftentimes we'll probably be more upset about uh, technology, something wrong with technology in the church. We would be more upset about that than a lost soul walking out. We'd be more upset about that than someone still leaving this place bound. If that's your heart, you, you need to check yourself. Now, I say this with love. I'm trying to... Allow the Holy Spirit to use stuff like this to draw you to the heart of the Father. That's not, that's not your place in the kingdom. 
Your natural state in the kingdom is to have a heart like the Father. Your natural state in the kingdom is love. It's never God's plan for you to feel like you're not loved. It's never God's plan for you to feel bound. It's not God's plan, as we were saying up here earlier, for you to go through your whole life sick and bound by diseases and sicknesses. No, he bore those. He bore our iniquities. He, he bore our sicknesses. He crucified sicknesses and sin on the cross. I heard Todd White say this. The cross is also a symbol of our value. So when you see the cross, don't just think of the price that was paid, but think of the value. You are precious. You are of high and great value in the, in the sight of the Father. You are made in His image. You weren't created to stand in a pew. No, you weren't created just to come into this building. You were meant to carry, you are the church. You were meant to carry the presence of God with you wherever you go. God will dwell within you. Amen. If you allow him, Jesus Christ will shine through you in every area possible. And in order to rebuild our temple, and I've already hit on this, I've been getting ahead of myself, we got to crucify our flesh. Galatians 5.24 says, And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. So in other words, us as believers, we need to crucify the flesh and the lust. The inward man is renewed day by day. Amen. If you just pray on Sundays and Wednesdays, are you really crucifying the lust of the flesh and the affections of it? Can I tell in your conversations, can I tell in the way that you talk, in the way that you carry yourself, have you crucified your flesh? Maybe that's why people get a wrong perception of the gospel because the church fails to crucify our flesh. We fail to renew our inward man day by day. Blake, how do you do that? We should do it by prayer, through fasting. How many can agree it's time for the church to get back to prayer? Amen. And there's nothing wrong. I believe that God honors you. Your five-minute prayer, if that's what you've got time. But sometimes a five-minute prayer, if you're really seeking God, it won't cut it sometimes. I'm sorry that sometimes we fall into this trap. Yes, God, do, God does honor our prayers, but uh, I'm pretty sure I can make more time for them than five minutes. Just saying, that's something that some of us need to think about. Maybe that's why lives aren't being changed. Because we fail to pray like we should. Because we fail to get in the secret place. Maybe lives would be changed. Maybe an awakening would come if we would pray. Come on, church. Why don't you accept the calling to prayer on your life? Amen? Our sinful nature no longer has authority and power over us. And if it does, it's because we've allowed it. Because it was crucified with Christ on the cross. Amen? And I don't feel like some of y'all are taking this. The outer court represents repentance. The outer court represents when we are being baptized into repentance. Amen? Because in order to get to the inner court, in order to get to the most holy place, we got to go through the outer court. Before you get really deep in God, you're going to have to repent of some things. You're going to have to see some things removed in your life. 
And first of all, here I'm going to talk about the golden lampstands in the temple. In 1 Kings chapter 7, verse 49, we read about the ten golden lampstands. Now that we are the temple, those lampstands should be Christ shining through us. How often are people seeing the glory of God in your life? Do you freely allow the light of Jesus Christ to shine? Do you ch- does the light that you shine, does it change around certain atmospheres and does it change around certain people? You, sh- you should have a predetermined. The, your love for Jesus Christ should be predetermined. What I mean by this is you must have a mindset that no matter who I'm around, everybody that I encounter, everybody that I'm around, they will each know my love for Christ. It's not going to seem more or less depending on who I'm around. We don't need to change with the crowd. We need to set the standard for the people around us. The church needs a new standard. And then we read about the table of shoe bread in 2 Chronicles chapter 4, verses 19 through 20. Now, Jesus Christ is the bread of life. He should be our life source. He should be our lifeline. Oftentimes, we have too much faith in man and other things But really, we need to realize that our life is found in Jesus Christ. You don't know what living really is until you experience His glory, until you begin to dwell in His presence like you were created to do. I believe that you could come in here and you might not know anything about the gospel, but you could leave this place with a burning passion to know Jesus Christ because you've experienced His glory. Because the heart of the Father was manifested to you and you knew that you were made in His image and that you were loved by Him. Amen. And then we got, I'm going to combine the golden lampstands in the table of shoe bread. When we build up the temple of the Holy Spirit, it should last forever. Amen. God don't start something and then abandon it. He didn't save you to just leave you there. Oftentimes we get that mindset, salvation's the top. No, it's not. There's more to God than salvation. Amen? I mean, we got the gifts of the Spirit. You have a call on your life. And that call is just not getting saved. But God wants you to do something for Him. For me, my calling is to... My calling is more than just standing behind a pulpit. Starting in August, I go into the biggest mission field I'll probably ever experience back in school. You have a call on your life. Sure, it might not be standing up here, but to me, when I go into my school in August, that's more important than getting up here. That's more important than getting up here. We need to all have that mindset. Amen? It's time for us to have the mindset of Christ that we can have if we would crucify our flesh. We should always be connected to Christ. If he is our life source because he's the bread of life, then he will shine through us. We cannot have something hidden in our lives that is going to hinder or alter his light to be able to shine through us. Sometimes it's good just to check ourselves because we do. I think we oftentimes underestimate our authority as believers. And royalty needs to listen to this too. You do not take a lost soul 
lightly. The church does this way too much. Don't take a lost soul or a bound and addicted soul lightly. Their soul is on the edge of eternity. That's what you don't understand. Once you get it all, that's why you need to get your stuff together because you don't know who you're impacting. When you're trying to goof off and stuff and play games, you don't know what you're really doing. Because you might make, because of your actions, someone else might pay a price eternally. I don't want someone else's bloods on my hand. Some of us need to be bold because when I go to heaven, I don't want blood on my hands. I don't want to be a hidden Christian that no one knows about unless I'm in here. But that's what the church is at. It's time for us to tear that down and get rebuilt in Jesus Christ, the light of the world. He's the source of our life and light. Amen. And now this is, this is probably my favorite part of the message that we're getting ready to go into. And I'm going to get out of the way because sometimes we just need to get out of the way and let God work. Amen. So the altar of incense. And this is where prayers were uh, offered in the temple. And something I find really interesting, and I read this in a Perry Stone book, that when they would burn those incenses, they carried them under a tray because it was very... It was very important that those incenses would not hit the ground. The reason they carried those incenses, the tray under the incense, was so that if it dropped, it would hit the tray, but it would still go up. Your prayers are those incenses now. What gets me excited is I know every prayer, it goes up. No matter how hard the enemy tries to fight, it's going to go up because my God is greater. My God is listening. He's listening from heaven to hear your voice. Your prayers ain't going to go unanswered forever. And while I'm on this, I'm just going to say one of the greatest proofs that you have a real relationship with God is answered prayers. Some of us, it's been way too long since a prayer has been answered. But don't that excite you? Like your prayers are, he hears you no matter what you think. They're going to go up. He's going to answer your prayers to revival. He's going to answer your cry. When we pray, he can't help but to respond. Y'all don't get excited like me, I guess. I mean, the creator of the universe, no big deal to some people apparently. He can't help but to respond when you cry. He can't help but to move. He can't help but to move when you pray. Prayer is a powerful thing. It can alter the history of a nation. I don't think something... Y'all underestimate prayer. Y'all don't get excited about praying. That's one thing that's wrong too. We don't get excited about prayer. Sometimes I think, and this is really bad depending on how you look at it, we get more excited for a church service than a prayer meeting. Mm. It's 
Revival's not about me standing up here. I can't bring revival, but there's one living on the inside of me. There's one on the inside of you. Revival and awakening is on the inside of you. Just as incense is noticeable, so should your prayer lives by an active spirit of Christ flowing through you. If people can't tell you pray and you, and you say that you're a believer, something's wrong. Come on. Come on. Now, you don't have to be like Lou Engel and people like that and pray like probably 10 hours a day and stuff, but you should still be able to sense your prayer life. If I was a lost person and I came in this place and I couldn't tell by your worship that you ain't praying, something's wrong. Yeah. Guys, prayer is a basic thing. He has called you to pray. He has called you to pray. It's a calling on each and every believer. Don't abandon that calling because... Prayer holds the key to a lot of things. Amen? That's important to the temple because if we're prayed up, we're going to be able to avoid temptation. We're going to be able to be strong. You will never defeat temptation if you are not praying. You will never overcome your addiction if you are not praying. The next thing I want to talk about is the most holy place. To get here, you've got to take off your royal garments and enter with humility. You want to really get deep in God, you got to lay off, well, I'm the pastor, well, I'm a preacher, well, I'm a prophet, I'm an evangelist, I'm the worship leader. To get here, you got to lay those things aside. We, we tend to be really clingy to, to titles in the church. But there's a generation and there's a nation that needs some people to get to the most holy place. To enter with humility so that God can revive a nation. So that you can carry his presence wherever you go. That is his dream. He loves you so much that he wants you to carry him wherever you go. Really, you already do, but some of us have just not yet realized it. Because as a believer, his spirit is in the inside of you. So we're talking about where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. So everywhere you go, that liberty should be there. That should excite you too. Wherever you go, freedom is there. The people around you don't have to be depressed when you're around. Because there's a fountain of joy in that place. Because Christ should seem attractive. Something should attract people to your relationship with God. Amen. And next, this, the most holy place, it's where the high priest put blood for the day of the atonement. But now we can come boldly before the throne of grace. And I'm thankful for that if no one else is. Because, and some of us haven't been to that place in a while. It's time for us to get to that place again. Yeah. We'll get ready to finish up. And the last thing about the actual temple I'm going to talk about is Ark of the Covenant. And I won't read this, but it's in Exodus chapter 25. This was the meeting place for God and man. And after this, I'll get to the altar call. 
This was the meeting place for God and man. But now you house the ark. What are you saying? You house the meeting place between you and God. You can call on his name and as I was saying, he responds to you. He will meet you right where you are. You don't have to be in a church. You can be in your living room. You can be in that classroom. You can be in that office. And the Spirit of the Lord will respond. Because you are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. You now house the ark. You are now the meeting place of you and God. You don't have to go through another man. You have access to the Father through Jesus Christ. Amen. How many is thankful for that access that we have to the Father? You have access to the Creator. You have access through Jesus Christ who paid the ultimate price that you might be able to do that. Amen. And the worship team, y'all can come up here and play. I'm just going to be a few more minutes. This is my altar verse in 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 27. And this is where I want y'all to really pay attention if you've not already. Like, I'd appreciate it, at least. <laughs> 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 27 says, But will God indeed dwell on the earth? But hold the heaven and heaven of heavens cannot contain thee. How much less this house that I have built it. This is going to be random, but uh, you guys know the story where people couldn't stand in the temple because of the glory of the God? That's awesome. Like, what if it was like that in our lives? What if, this verse I just read, you know, the heavens can't contain God, so what makes you think you can? If we really let Christ shine, we let his spirit flow through us, then like that story I was just talking about where people couldn't stand, maybe when people bound, when people depressed, walked around us, maybe those things couldn't stand. Maybe, just maybe, if you walked into a room, you know, depression couldn't be there. Maybe when you walked into a room, homosexuality tried to run and hide. Maybe when, and something that we tend to overlook, maybe when we walk into a lying and gossiping has to stop. Something that has destroyed the gospel. Gossiping. It's a shame that someone cannot feel comfortable coming to this altar. And if you are a source of that, you need to get up here and lay down gossip. Because you do not know what the price that you're making someone else pay when they walked out that door because of your backbiting. Young people, when you go into school, and this is what I want this altar call for you guys to be about, the young people. This altar call to you should mean... Father, I want to tear everything in my life down that might hinder my witness. I want to be strongly built up in you. It's time. You guys, revival is in you. Awakening is in you. It's up for you to let it come out of you. 
for each and every per- this re- this altar calls for each and every person. But let revival come out of you like a river. Rivers of living water should flow out of you. Father, I just pray that you would arrest every heart in this place. Come on, God. If you're an intercessor, like I was saying, we our actions, there's a price to each and every action that we have. If you're an intercessor at this altar call, you need to intercede. If you're a dancer, you need to dance at this altar call because you might not know what your dance is setting the atmosphere for. If you're an intercessor, just go ahead and begin to pray. I would like, this is the time I would like for us all to bow our heads and check ourselves. If a lost person looked at you, would they be able to tell that you are a Christian? If you're in this place and you have been blinded because you've had a wrong perception of the gospel, forgive us. Would you come to this altar and lay down bitterness? Would you come? What is it? What is in your life that is causing me? I can't tell that you're a Christian. What is it in your life that revival is not flowing out of you? And if you if you want to act like you're perfect in everything, that's on you. I don't want you to come to this altar if you're just coming to do it. But I want someone who's hungry. I want someone who's thirsty. I want someone who is wanting to get on fire for God. If that's you, if you really want the fire of God to burn in your life, this is for you. Is the Holy Spirit pulling at you? Is he knocking at your door? Is Jesus Christ knocking on the door of your heart? But will you respond to the knock? If you've been lost, if you've backslidden, what is it? I'm going to pray and I'm done. It's been an honor to bring this word. But can we all just stand across this room as I get ready to close in prayer? How many believe that? And if it's just one person, it's worth it. Amen. Spirit of God, come. He's here. You are the first and the last, the Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end, author and the finisher of my faith. I just lift your hands. Come, the King of Kings is beginning to walk in. Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. He's in the room. His presence is not to be taken lightly. Spirit of God, come. Father, I ask that you convict our hearts. I pray that revival would flow out of us. 
Father, if no one else, I pray that you would send revival to this region, send revival to this nation, send revival to Washington, D.C. We bind witchcraft. We bind perversion. We bind these things. I declare a prophetic worship and a prophetic sound to come forth and we speak life to this generation. Come on, guys, pray. I said there's power in prayer. There's power in your worship. You can bind the forces of darkness. You can bind the forces of evil. A generation is hanging on your actions. I said a nation is hanging on your actions. If you would say yes, a generation might be saved. Pour out your spirit on all flesh. Intercessors, come forth. I, I feel like we need to intercede. I feel a spirit of intercession. I feel a spirit of intercession. Father, we just speak that the spirit of intercession would fall. Come on, guys. Pray for conviction. We release conviction over this place. Thank you for the word that you have spoken. And, Father, I pray that you convict our hearts, God. Convict our hearts. That's what I want to leave on. A generation and a nation are clinging. They're in the balance. And what you do in this moment could determine the course of your nation. You could prevent an assassination attempt because of your prayer this morning. I don't know about you, but I believe God is about to pour out His Spirit because He listens to a 15-year-old boy pray. If you would like to know more about Our Father's House and upcoming events, log on to ourfathershouseky.org.